What's up? This is Dominique Bomonte, and you are listening to Season with Salt, the podcast. I was encouraged by something that I read in the second chapter of Nehemiah that I wanted to share with you all. So if you're familiar with the story of Nehemiah, great. Some of this will make sense to you. If you're not, let me just quickly tell you what Nehemiah is about. The Lord uh, sends, uh, well, let me say it like this so that it's best understood. Nehemiah finds out essentially that his hometown has been ravaged. In those days, walls surrounding the city were valuable for the protection of the inhabitants and their possessions. So cities were essentially barricaded by walls. The strength of those walls determined essentially the safety of the people who lived in that city. Nehemiah finds out that Jerusalem is completely vulnerable as a result of a wall that essentially does not do its job to protect the people who live there. So when Nehemiah gets the word about the state of Jerusalem as a result of a wall that could not protect the city. He's grieved, he prays, he gets permission from the king for whom he serves, his employer, if you will, to go and build the wall. The Lord affirms Nehemiah's passion for wanting to protect his city and gives him favor with the king, allowing the king to bless him with essentially the resources that he needs to build the wall. The thing that catches my eye is actually in Nehemiah, the second chapter, after the king commissions Nehemiah, gives Nehemiah both the resources and the authority uh, to leave his post to rebuild and protect the city of Jerusalem. Here's what Nehemiah 2 and 12 says. And I rose in the night, I and some few men with me, neither told I any man what my God had put in my heart to do at Jerusalem. Neither was there any beast with me, save the beast that I rode upon. And I went out by night by the gate of the valley, even upon the dragon well, and to Dung Port, and viewed the wall of Jerusalem, which were broken down, and the gates thereof were consumed by fire. And I went down to the gate of the fountain and the king's pool, but there was no place for the beast that was under me to pass. Then I went up in the night by the brook and viewed the wall 
and turned back and entered to the gate of the valley and so returned. And the rulers knew not whether I went or what I did, neither had I as yet told it to the Jews, nor the priests, nor the nobles, nor the rulers, nor to the rest that did the work. Then I said I unto them, Ye see the distress that we are in, how Jerusalem lieth waste, and the gates thereof are burned with fire. Come, let us build up the wall of Jerusalem, that we no more a reproach, that we be no more a reproach. Okay, so I'm reading that, and for those of us who are familiar with this story, like we often quote the, the scripture about the building of the wall and how the people had a mind to work. We've, you've probably gone to churches where um, scriptures in Nehemiah are used to support building funds and projects for which the churches, you know, working to refurbish parts of buildings or, you know, build new wings and so on and so forth. So this, this, this particular narrative presented by Nehemiah is a well-known narrative when it comes to folks thinking about, um, you know, really elevating a space or renovating. The thing that I really love about what Nehemiah demonstrates is this importance of quietly surveying the land and doing so in an inconspicuous way, in a way that gives him the opportunity to make an assessment himself about the work that needs to be done. Sometimes when we are presented with challenges in our life, we make a mistake even before we start the work that handicaps us throughout the process. The first thing, sometimes we allow too many participants up front. What if Nehemiah would have taken the wrong people to survey the land? What if the people that were with him said things like, why are you worried about it? You work for the king in a different city. You know, this is not your responsibility. Why are you getting yourself involved in this stress? Why are you adding stress to your life? What if the people did that kind of talk with the wrong intention or even the right intention? What if they're projection about the thing that God put in Nehemiah's heart was selfish, right? Self-serving to them. What if they didn't want to see Nehemiah expend any energy because they didn't want to do any additional work themselves? Sometimes the reason why the things we set our heart to do, the things that God puts in our heart, sometimes those things are not successful because of the people that we bring along with us to survey the work. You've gotta be careful who you include 
in discussions at the inception of the idea. People will kill an idea that you have if you have the wrong people around you. That's really important to know. There are some uh, people with the best of intentions who just don't want to do the work. There'll be people in your camp that will not see the vision. So I love this. Nehemiah says, I'm going to go at night. Not only am I going to be careful about who I bring, but I'm going to go at a time where the, 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 the city is most vulnerable because I'm going to go, what he does essentially is he goes at a time where he knows that he can see clearly the vulnerabilities of the wall, right? He goes at a time where there are less distractions. What can we learn there? Sometimes our passion for doing what God puts in our heart can be distracted or muddled or muted because of the way that we pursue what God tells us. If he had gone to survey the city at a crowded or a high time of the day, there's some things that he would not have been able to ascertain to be true. And things might have looked a little bit different, right? So he goes, number one, with few people. Then he goes at a time where there is not, actually, when he goes at a time where he can best ascertain the vulnerability of the city. He's very careful about who he tells until after he surveys the work that has to be done. Now, I love this because sometimes when we have the resources to do things, we can be very joyful. When the king allocates resources to Nehemiah, to go and rebuild the wall, he could have had testimony service right then and there. He could have went out into the city gate and said, first give an honor to God. I thank God for being saved and such by the field with the precious Holy Ghost. And I just want to thank God for the king who uh, you know, allocated the resources so I can go build this wall. He did it. He was discreet. And he wanted to make sure he had an idea of what needed to be done. And I think sometimes we testify perhaps prematurely. And sometimes our testimony, our premature testimony, sets up roadblocks for us because enemies of our progress or our potential for progress, they get started with their paving <laughs> at the same time that we get started with our building. If you read the story of Nehemiah, you'll learn that Nehemiah already had the plan, the strategy, and the people before his enemies got word of what he was going to do. He already had the resources before his enemies got, before there was an announcement, before it was in the booklet, before it was in the news, before there was a flyer, before he had already determined what it was that God wanted him to do. He was careful. In his assignment, he was prayerful in his assignment. He was discreet. He went at a time that he knew he could get the most information. And then he did what he was supposed to do. 
we are in a season, my friends, where it is of grave importance to be calculated in the attack and the attempt and the effort that we make. We cannot be undisciplined in our effort to obey God. Now, God will protect us. He will cover his word. He will, he, he will protect us. He will lead and guide us. If it's his will, it's going to get done, right? But we have to be careful not to get in the way. What if Nehemiah was like wanting praise from the people in Jerusalem to the extent that as soon as he got affirmation that the king would help with the provision of resources, he started telling people, I'm going to go back over and build this gate. Like, you know, I'm going to be, I'm going to be the chief, I'm going to be known in history as the guy who rebuilt the gate. They're going to have a whole book about me in the Bible. Just wait. No. He moved in silence. He moved in discretion. He moved with few people. He moved in humility because the work that he had been called to do was bigger than just his self, his idea, his persona. It was about the thing that God put in his heart to do. So listen. Whether you're an entrepreneur or someone who's looking at ministry uh, growth or you're someone who uh, is, you know, thinking about upward mobility professionally, it's important to hear and yield to the voice of God, not just once you get what you are searching for, but in the process, right? because there are decisions that you will make in the process that will have an overall impact on your ability in the future. So you've got to be careful about decisions that you make in the process because they will have long-term impact. Nehemiah is our teacher. And in his obedience to God, he teaches us how to be calculated in our attempt to see to fruition the vision that God gives us. I hope this encourages your heart. Let's say a word of prayer. God, whoever this is for, we pray it would reach their ears. We pray they would know that this is your will for them to be discreet, to be calculated, to be prayerful, to seek you for direction and God, help us to know that we need more than resources. We need your direction, your guidance, your wisdom to do what you have called us to do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Season.